Welcome to episode 63 of the Sports Corner Podcast. My name is Nick, joined as always by my friend Stephen. It is December 27th, 2021. College bowl games are in full swing, at least those not being canceled by COVID. That and so much more going on in the sports world. We're going to talk about it. We're going to break it down tonight. Episode 63 of the Sports Corner Podcast. Stephen, how are you? Hey man, how was your Christmas? Ah, it was a great Christmas. I hope yours was as well. Oh, I can't complain. Very it's nice. a perfectly, perfectly fine Christmas. The camera's not working now, apparently. So that's yeah, fine. you're a little, you're a little pixely. Oh, really pixely. I'll, uh, I'll um, put me on the main screen. I'm going to put you on the yeah. AFK screen until that gets. Yeah, I'll, I'll work through out. that. Um, oh, you look clear look on grid fame. Are you still? Yeah, it's weird. That's weird. I hate Why is that it. looking so weird? Like it looks perfectly clear on grid fame. Mm-hmm. I'll kill it. Start over. But it was good. We had a good Christmas. We. uh Oh, it it's made the rounds. That's good now. Okay. Made the rounds. Visited yep. all the family. Did all the mm-hmm. things. Ate, okay. all, ate all the food. You know, all that fun stuff. Sure. Did you eat any uh, Christmas ham? No. Here's the thing. So we decided with one of our, like, you know, because we have a couple of different the family things we have to go to. And mm-hmm. we assumed that the one that we had no control over the menu would be that traditional meal. So, like, on the Christmas Day meal, uh that was at our house. We reached out to people like, hey, what if we do like some pasta? Go to bed. Yeah. What if we do some pasta or something like that? Uh, and so we agreed to do that. And um, and then the next day one, which we thought was going to be a more traditional meal, uh, like three days before, people were like, hey, what if we just do finger food kind of thing? So everyone bring like your favorite. It was all fine. But like because of that. Oh, yeah. And then the one that we had no control over ended up by doing... Just like KFC fried chicken. Um, oh, so like okay. none of the places that we went had the traditional meal. So. <laughs> I understand. Um, so no thanks. Well, my... I had fried chicken. I had uh, sandwiches and I had uh, pasta. Yeah, my family does the, uh, the the brunch thing. We we do breakfast for lunch and and we have for several years and it's quite enjoyable. I really enjoy that. So yeah, had some had some uh, biscuits and gravy, some bacon, some mm-hmm. eggs, some mm-hmm. uh, cinnamon waffles that my wife makes that are just Top notch. Yes. Um, Had all those, of those before. Things. They are very tasty. Did you get everything you wanted for Christmas? Well, if you know, I don't know if you noticed, the camera's a little zoomed in today because I've got a cool little background behind me. So yeah. I got me a little green and blue screen. So, you know, all nice there. Got some new pots and pans. So cook some good old bacon on the new pots uh, yeah, the other night, the other day. Fun. So, you know, happy fella. Can't complain. And, uh, I hear there's a new arm-breaking device at your house. Yes. We've got a trampoline in the backyard. Not so much for me, though, So, uh, but it does yeah. exist. That's, it, this was trampoline Christmas, from what I've seen. A lot of, a lot of family friends. It's a, it's, a big, uh, it's, a, you know, it's a big ticket purchase. you gotta got to get your most for it, so you do it at Christmas time every year, and yeah, it works it. out well. I get it. Well, I got, I got, I didn't get the screen, but I got, new, got a new headset. So new headset, I'm breaking looks that good. Tonight. Yeah, mm-hmm. nice. I'm really happy. Wireless, I can walk away. You guys won't see I don't, me, but I can yeah. still hear you. Yeah, that's good news. 
Well, that's enough on that. Let's let's talk college football and NFL well, football. Before we talk college football, let's remind people that, that we stream this podcast live on twitch.tv slash pastornick86 on Monday nights. Podcast starts at 9 o'clock. We go live before that for a little pre-pod chat session. So come find us on your favorite Twitch channel, Pastor Nick 86. If you're not going to find us live on Twitch, though, you can find us on your favorite podcasting app. That's things like Apple iTunes, Google Play Store, uh, Stitcher, um, Spotify, etc., etc. We can be found in all of those places as well. Uh, and that show is uploaded, uh, it's usually there by Tuesday morning, sometimes Tuesday afternoon, depending on how our RSS feed is acting on any particular day. So you can find us there, and you can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter, at Sports Corner 865. We're also on, um... Uh, our personal pages on Twitter at Pastor Nick 86 at Stephen McCoy 23. And then of course you can always join the discord for some live chatting anytime. We're always hanging out there. That link to the discord is in the show notes, join the discord, be a part of the conversation, be a part of the community. Welcome my friends to the congregation. Uh, yeah. So that's that. Uh, leave us a five-star mm-hmm. review on Apple iTunes and we will read your review online. Yes, and we were we were off last week, so we were we took a little holiday all, time. All four of you that listen to our podcast, we greatly appreciate <clears throat> it, and know that um, there was no glitch last week. We were off. We took the night off. We actually went to the zoo together. We, did. we went to the zoo. We, we held hands to the zoo. To the zoo did the like thing. It? it was good. I yeah. was. Ex- I I, mean, I didn't know what to expect, but right. in my mind, I was expecting Christmas lights. Yes, it was more like animal lantern things yeah which was cool but not what i was expecting i felt like they could have done a little more with christmas lights in between the animal lantern yes it's kind of kind of shoddy lazy work there i'm assuming that was like a fundraiser support for the zoo so it was fine i i got my reward today so chick-fil-a was the the Mm -hmm. main sponsor and and they gave you a free a free free nuggets yeah, and so I went and cashed in the nuggets today for my dog. I also had no some grilled Chick-fil-A. nuggets from the Chick-fil-A, the Lord's Chicken, mm, this afternoon. Nice. King Camper hanging out in the chat. King, I hope you're doing well, sir. Hope Christmas gave you everything you wanted and more. Yeah, I hear he uh, he got his Cronus, so he's ready. Oh, yeah. And King coming in with that clutch tier one sub. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. King Camper, a VIP at Pastor Nick 86s channel, because if it wasn't for the king, we would not be streaming right now. Right? We would not That's true. We would not That's be in true. the PC world. I'd be on my PlayStation 4 complaining about not having an FOV slider on Warzone <laughs> like every other console user. So, King, thank you, a friend, for being a part of this channel, part of this community. All right, Stephen, let's yeah. talk a little bit about some college football. There's some bowl games going on. But before we get into the bowl games going on, let's talk about some bowl games that are not yeah. going on. We've had some so cancellations. We're up to five. So uh, here are the ones that I know about right now. Tell me what I'm missing, okay? Uh-huh. Back, back. Uh, this is going to be, I think, on Christmas Eve, the Hawaii Bowl with Hawaii versus Memphis was canceled because of some problems in the Hawaii team, is how I understand it, which is interesting. Not that, you know, obviously the COVID stuff can hit any team, but you would think, if anything, it would hit the team that traveled from Memphis, Tennessee, out there, you know, maybe doing some sightseeing, seeing some places I've never seen before. Um, but nope, it's Hawaii's team that uh, is impacted. Uh, also, the Military Bowl between Boston College and East Carolina was canceled. Yeah. Fenway Bowl, Virginia versus SMU, has now said to have been canceled. 
So those have been outright canceled. Those are the ones that I know about. Now, I know the Sun Bowl uh, yeah, we have technically two. has been canceled, although yeah. I think, I think oh. as I understand it, they're trying to fill the vacancy uh, in that bowl. So Miami had to back out. And they have apparently reached out to Memphis, SMU, and East Carolina, the three teams that were in the bowl games that I just mentioned that had to be canceled, but not they were the team that wasn't uh-huh. devastated by COVID. All three of them have apparently said no. Um, so Sun Bowl still looking for a replacement as of last night. I don't know if anything came yeah. of that today, to be honest. Um, haven't seen anything. What other one was canceled? Because I didn't. I don't know. Uh, so one. the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl between Boise State and Central Michigan, uh, Boise State has backed out. Okay. And so, um, currently, what's happening is the the Arizona Bowl will be canceled, but there's okay. a chance that Central Michigan could join Washington State for the Sun Bowl. So okay. um, it says here that the stipulation is that the MAC as a conference would have to allow CMU to be removed from their bowl affiliation I see. and allow them to play, which I assume if they would do that because that's more money for the conference. So yeah. we'll see how that plays out. Another note, uh, Texas A&M has bailed on the Gator Bowl and Rutgers has replaced them as of um, the last I heard. Right. So that game is back on after preliminarily being being canceled there so yeah lots of cancellations uh memphis fans complaining about the short notice that hawaii gave them after they flew out there and made the trip um short memory for those memphis fans after their basketball team did the same to all fans in nashville the other day so i will say slightly less travel yeah would you rather be stranded to Nashville. nashville Or than rather be from in Memphis Hawaii. to Hawaii. No, I don't disagree with you. In fact, this is my this is my thought. So I've, we said it in our group text message. Someone was like, "Oh, you know, these fans. Some of them plan their whole vacation around going to see like their kids play or whatever." And I'm thinking, you just got an extra day in Hawaii. Where you're not having mm-hmm. to watch and sit and watch a subpar bowl. Like, yeah, you can go to go see more sites now. Go see the sinking of a ship. Go visit Pearl Harbor. Go windsurfing in Kalui Kalui Kalaiha. Eat a pancake. I don't know. Eat a pancake. Yeah. Eat a pancake. Eat some pineapples and spam. You just you uh, won the lottery by not having to go to that game and being in Hawaii. Yeah, you're not wrong, but you're also kind of wrong. So, um, so there have been some bowl games that have already been played, and I'm just gonna I'm, run. I'm gonna the I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. If you start reading scores to bowl games, reading, I don't care about. I'm not reading everything. Uh, number 24, Utah State beat Oregon State 24 to 13 in the LA Bowl. Don't care. Army beats Missouri on a last second field goal in the Armed Forces Bowl. Don't care. All right. Here, uh, here, uh, UCF beats Florida in the Gasparilla Bowl. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good win for UCF. So Florida continues, Florida continues to just have the wheels fall off down there. So, um, so yeah, uh, Billy Napier's got his work cut out as he tries to get this rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, UCF, did they claim it in the national championship? I hope so. They probably earned it. That's enough. Uh, uh, do you have the picture to uh, for the famous Idaho Potato Bowl? That you can uh, no, I don't. Mm-mm. It's is it, it was horrible. Go look it up. Wyoming, Kent State on the blue turf in Boise, Idaho. It's just a, Not a, a great grotesque, yeah. grotesque bowl game, grotesque picture. Um, but there are several more games coming up. This is this week is when 
real bowl games start. We're starting to get into some games that are worth watching. Tomorrow, tomorrow you get Houston, Auburn, uh, Texas Tech, Mississippi State, and then um, Wednesday you get Oregon, Oklahoma. Do you see what time that game is? Which one? Oregon, Oklahoma, Oklahoma Oregon. Nine fifteen. Nine fifteen Eastern. Yeah, that's that's no Sheesh. bueno. Well, the bowl today. Um, that was supposed to happen. The the beast, the armed forces ball or whatever. Uh-huh. It's supposed to start at like eleven Eastern, but it's in Detroit, so it's like ten local time. It made no sense to me. Like ten p.m. Central time. So ten a.m. Oh, ten a.m. Yeah, it's just seemed odd. So some good ball games this week. We'll touch base on a couple of them. Um, do you want to start there? Do you want to talk sure. NFL? I'm beating you currently for a spot in the championship game in our league. Yep. Just uh, just breaking your heart left and right tonight. You are. You're just throwing haymakers my way. So let's touch base. We'll start with Tennessee Purdue in the Music City Bowl. That takes place on Thursday, December 30th at 3 p.m. in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, a virtual uh, home game for the Vols, although yeah. Purdue is not as far as you would think from Nashville. No. Um, but obviously Nashville is going to have built-in Tennessee fans. Correct. That, uh, live there. They're a part of that, True. you know, that area. Oh, yeah. So. It's, it's yeah. in essence, a home game for Tennessee. They get it treated as such, and it'll help them with some recruiting. As a fan, I think they deserved a better bowl game. I think they deserve to go somewhere a little bit better. But from the SEC wanting revenue standpoint, they knew that they could pack that place out with UT fans. Well, my, where, yeah. my understanding is how SEC does their bowl games, and they may change this year by year, but they take and they put all their teams standing-wise in order – and then they send those teams to a bowl game. Yeah. And it, it does not matter who goes where for them. And so Tennessee came in at, at that slot. And I'm so that's where they X went. To doubt. Yeah, that's probably true. But I feel um, like well, saying, we were 7 and 5 this year, right? Yes. And I know that, you know, it depends on everyone's record and not just ours. But those few times that we made bowl games at like 6 and 6, we also went to the Music City Bowl at least one of those times. I guess one time we went yeah. to. North Carolina or whatever to the Charlotte, yeah. but by and large, well, it seems like ninety eight percent of the time Tennessee ends up in uh, yeah. in the Music City Bowl. So you can't tell me there's uh, a little bit of well. Here's my thing on there. Tell me who's watching this game: Iowa, Kentucky. People that live in Iowa and people that live in Kentucky. No, who's going to the game? Oh, going Who to is, the game. Yeah, like so, it's in Orlando, Florida. Oh yeah, exactly. During, yeah. during basketball season, right? These are two basketball schools. They don't care about this game. Right. So you mean to tell me you don't want to send Tennessee down there where at least people will travel to go to Orlando, Florida and get away from the cold for a little bit? Although it was 70 degrees on Christmas here. So yeah, that yeah. happened. Felt good. Uh, keys to the game for Tennessee, Purdue. Purdue is without several starters from what I hear. Their two best players have opted out of the bowl game to enter the draft. George Karlaftis, a defensive end and wide receiver, David Bell. I believe it's David Bell. Um, mm-hmm. He kind of, David Bell really broke onto the scene as a freshman and then kind of, I don't want to say fizzled out because he was still very productive, but he was not as dominant as he was that first year. So without those two guys, I think it's an uphill climb. Tennessee is favored by currently by five, five and a half, something like that. So key to the game for you. Yeah, obviously the key to this game is just going to be quarterback play for uh, Tennessee. You want to see head on hooker come in. He said he's coming back, by the way. That's a great thing for Tennessee. So... Let him come in, get the ball to a couple playmakers, move the ball around. Let's do that up-tempo offense of uh, Coach Heupel's one more time, 
and see if they can keep Purdue a little bit winded on that, keep them out of their element. They seem to play a little bit slower pace game, so keep the up-tempo, complete those short passes. Maybe we'll see a couple more slants called. We saw a few this year. That'll be nice. Um, but with Purdue missing a few of their key players, I think Tennessee's a better team anyway. I think they should be able to win this. Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, Hooker coming back is massive news for Tennessee. Uh, he really started to get rolling down the stretch there, and you know those wins over South Carolina and Missouri were were very uh, impressive, and he looked very good in those games. So we'll see what another year in this offense does for him. I just think when you give Heupel this much time to scheme and come up with wrinkles, it's going to be hard for anybody, um, especially a team like Purdue, that doesn't really throw a whole lot at you in terms of unique style of play. They're a fairly vanilla team. Um, and they, they play to their strengths, which is great. But in a bowl game, what typically seems to work is teams that can come up with some new wrinkles that catch the other team off guard. And I think Tennessee is able to do that. Um, uh, Cedric Tillman also coming back for the Vols, their leading receiver from this year. So Vols have gotten a lot of good news on the returners this year. So And, and Hypel signed a pretty good first signing class. So. Yeah. He seems to have the ball rolling in a positive manner this year. Let's see if he can capitalize on this game, maybe maybe get a big win here going into the second National Signing Day and just really get the ball rolling full steam for next season. So give me your prediction. Like I said, Tennessee's favored by about five. Um, you know, kind of tell me where yeah, you, where you I think, think this game that's is. A, I think that's about right. I think that Tennessee could come and win this game by a couple of scores, but I also see these teams probably kind of – I don't know, jabbing at each other a little bit during the first probably half of this game, um, not taking the big shots downfield, um, kind of exchanging, probably going to see uh, several three and outs from each team as things kind of get started. I know having a lot of time to prep is a good thing, but I also think you see a little bit of rust sometimes in these bowl games. So I don't expect it to be uh, an extremely high-scoring game. We see that Purdue scored under 30 more often than they didn't this past season, although they had a couple of outliers where they scored you know, 35, 44, somewhere in there, uh, points. But I, I, I would expect Tennessee to win this game. I think they will uh, cover the spread, but, you know, I could see them win by 10, maybe 13, something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you, kind of against you here. I think that Tennessee wins this game by two scores easy, and again, it's really not close. I think Purdue could score late to maybe cut into that a little bit, mm -hmm. but I think Tennessee runs away with this. I think Tennessee puts up 50 on the board. And I don't think Purdue has the firepower to keep up, um, especially without their leading receiver. So um, maybe I'm underestimating Purdue, but um, you know they had some big no, wins I don't this think year. You are. I think I'm just probably also, overestimating the rust that happens sometimes. Yeah, maybe that's games. true. So um, uh, Purdue had some very big wins this year, but they also had some pretty ugly losses. So yeah, um, obviously I don't, their I big win was that 40-29 win over Mississippi State or uh, Mississippi State. My goodness, Michigan State. Um, that was that was a yeah. kind of clutch win. Then they went back the next week and lost fifty nine thirty one to uh, Ohio State. So yeah, so they can put some points on the board, but I just don't see them slowing down the Tennessee offense. I mean, you mentioned those two scores there. Michigan State, um, you know, ran it up pretty good, and then Ohio State put up about sixty. So I think Tennessee puts up um, fifty points on the board. I think they get some key stops, maybe get some turnovers, win this game pretty handily in their, uh, as they call it, Neyland West there in Vanderbilt Stadium. Yeah, no doubt. Um, there are also both of the playoffs this week. So at 3.30 on 
December 31st, so New Year's Eve, you get number one Alabama versus number four Cincinnati. And then the night game there is Michigan and Georgia starting at 7.30 in the Orange Bowl. So you know, we'll start with Alabama-Cincinnati. Does Cincinnati have the firepower to keep up? Can they slow down that Alabama offense? I mean, there's a lot going on in that game. Um, you know, Kind of tell me what you see. You know, there's no denying that Cincinnati has had a great season. I'm happy that a you know group of five team has finally made it uh, into the playoffs. I think that that's kind of a monkey on the back of the playoff system. And yet, we were, what, uh, four inches from Oklahoma State stopping that from happening. So, uh, although, mm-hmm. ironically, I saw a tweet, and this is weeks ago now, um, from Kirk Kirkstreet that, seemed to, in his mind, say that Cincinnati would have made the playoffs either way. I don't think I buy that. I don't buy it. Um, so that's beside the point, though. Um, so anyway, you know, we were a couple inches away from them not being there. I'm glad they're there, uh, if for no other reason, so that they can come in and um, lose spectacularly and everyone be reminded why these Power 5 teams that also sometimes come in and lose spectacularly tend to get picked more often than not because they just put up a better... Uh, fan base and better viewing potential, but I don't know. Maybe the Cinderella story will pull in some viewers because, you know, that's what that's what I guess uh, the TV people are hoping for. I mean, there's a reason this isn't the night game. Uh, Not that the afternoon games can't get a little bit of traction, and some could argue it might be the better spot because people are going to want to be out doing things on New Year's Eve. But let's face it, a lot of people in homes for parties and they love having the football games even on the background. So no, I don't think Cincinnati's able to. to keep up with Alabama. I mean, you have your Heisman winning quarterback uh, leading the charge. Um, I don't think the curse of the Heisman gets them in this game. I think they just take care of business. I, I don't I don't see this game being very close. I think it's an absolute sham, travesty, whatever you want to call it, that Cincinnati is number four in this ranking. Well, that is a true. joke to me. Yeah. This is an undefeated team. I get that they play who they have to play, and they're, they're leaving the conference to try to fix that. They went out, they played Notre Dame in out of conference and got this huge win, the number five team in the country. They beat the number five team in the country, and you put them at four. An undefeated team. It's just a joke. And I understand that there was no way they were going to have Alabama play Georgia again. I get that. But here's the thing. This is a shame. If the playoffs is really about ranking the top four teams, then that shouldn't matter. But the fact that it does matter, and this is not the first. I mean, think about it. How many times have two teams from the same conference made the playoffs? Multiple times. Mm-hmm. It's happened several times. I think every time, maybe from the SEC, but maybe one time not. Yeah. No, it's um, always... Yeah. How many times have they matched up in the first round? Never. Zero. Yeah. Zero. You can't tell me that not once should it have naturally fallen that those teams were either 2-3 or 1-4 against each other. They're just not going to well, do and, it. And to me, it makes sense that, I mean, Michigan, Michigan was 2 going into the weekend. Going into the the college or the conference championship weekend, and they hammer. I think it was mm-hmm. Iowa, just blew them out. Yep. And Alabama leapfrogs all the way to one with their win over Georgia, which was an impressive win. But you can't tell me that what Michigan did wasn't just as impressive, right? So to me, it was easy. You put Michigan at, at one, Cincinnati at two, and you don't have to worry about it anymore. But this is. I mean, and that probably wouldn't matter because ideally it's probably Alabama-Cincinnati is the 2-3 matchup. Right. But this is it's just a joke to me that Cincinnati sits at four. Um, I think they'll keep it a little closer than people think. 
Um, I don't know what the current line is on that game, but uh, I can't. I feel like um, I feel like Cincinnati has some talent. I think they've been underrated. They've not won um, not won big. I think that's hurt them at times, but they haven't lost. And good teams, you know, teams that don't lose, they're good teams. And so they do things right. And so I think that there is, I think that they will be in this game. I mean, ESPN's FPI predictor gives Alabama a 71% chance to win. Alabama's favored by 13 and a half. And so I think that Cincinnati keeps this close. I don't think they, they get it done in the end, but I think this game is a little lower scoring than, than people might think going in. I think Desmond Ritter has a pretty good game, and Cincinnati comes up just short. Um, but I think they do do themselves well, do the group of five well, and show out well in this game. And then on the flip side, uh, the night game, Michigan-Georgia, probably the game, I mean, obviously, putting it at 730, it is the game, but that's probably the game that everybody's looking forward to the most. Two pretty good defenses all year. Uh, well, one pretty good defense, one really good defense this year. Offenses that have been up and down at times. And, um, you know, Georgia looked unbeatable, and then they just looked kind of bad in that game against Alabama, if we're being honest. I mean, they did not look very good. They were so do they? Well, yeah, you know, I had my thoughts on that. But can they bounce back? I mean, you know, Michigan's a team that you, I, a lot of people have written off at different times this year, and they they seem to bounce back, and they handled the Ohio State game really well and looked dominant doing so. And so can they have an explosive-type offense? Can they move the ball well enough methodically down the field to 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 give Georgia issues? Or is this, again, that Georgia's defense says, no, we're going to make our statement today and pitches a pretty close to a shutout and and runs away with this one. Well, first of all, let's just say a big thank you to Mike Collier, WX, the one weather-wise, for gifting a tier one sub to Snaw. Appreciate that. Mike, thank you so, so much. Um, so here's the interesting thing about this matchup is we've seen Georgia be so, so dominant all year, looking like one of the best teams, not only in college football this year, but arguably one of the better teams in the history of college football. And then they go out and they leg the egg against Alabama. And I would normally say a team like that can bounce back and bounce back in a pretty big and impressive way. But the problem was they did not have, you know, a six days to you know, get it drilled in their head, hey guys, we can't do that again, let's go and do it again, or even having that like one week off really fix things. No, they had weeks off, and that's hard. That's hard to make that bounce back. I think there's a lot of time to uh, not to lose, I guess, being fired up over that loss, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that kind of goes against Georgia a little bit. Now, with that said, <clears throat> um you know, not that Kirby Smart is the most experienced and veteran coach out there, but he is bringing more experience as a head coach into this game than his counterpart on Michigan's sideline. Um, Harbaugh, obviously, you know, the dude's got some experience. The dude's a veteran coach, but for his many years at Michigan, this is uh, not only his first time to make the playoffs, it was his first time to win the conference championship. Maybe his first time to, nah, was it his first time to make the conference championship? I can't swear to that. Yes, but, yes, uh, yeah, he's, never beat, he's never beat Ohio State. Yeah, so, Ohio State's always um, so it's, you know, it's it's been a problem 
um, for them to even get there. And so how does he react in the situation coaching? I think he's going to be at a bit of a disadvantage to the experience. And, you know, even your best coaches sometimes have some issues when they're put on this big stage. And so uh, it's really going to be an intriguing matchup. I think Michigan matches up well against Georgia. I think this is an intriguing one. I think if Georgia comes out and plays like they did in every game other than the Alabama game, then they win this game. Um, mm-hmm. But you can't deny that Michigan was playing at a different level at the end of the season. And I don't know. Give me a team that's hot at the end of the season as opposed to a team that just showed me they were cold at the end of the season despite having a fantastic season. So I don't know that I'm willing to say that Michigan's going to win this game. I think analytically looking at it, I think that everything on paper tells me that Georgia should win this game. And yet I'm just having a really hard time saying it. If I were forced to pick it right now, I would say that Georgia's talent and their coaching uh, advantage gives them the victory in this game. Um, but man, I don't know. This is one of those ones that I'm conflicted on. Let me uh, talk you out of it here. So since they're lost to Michigan state on October 30th, um, here's Michigan's results. Um, at home against Indiana, 29 to seven on the road at Penn state, pretty tough environment, 21, 17 at, at Maryland, 59, 18, at home versus Ohio State, 42-27, and then in the conference championship game against number 13, Iowa, 42-3. to That's what I'm saying. Give me that team that's putting it together late season. Um, that's such an important time to get it together. So here's some fun numbers for you. So uh, Georgia averages 39.4 points per game, Michigan 37.7. So pr- two pretty good offenses. Mm-hmm. Points allowed, Michigan allows 16. Georgia allows 9.5. Yeah. So two really good defenses going at it here. Um, they, they, it's going to come down to this. Michigan averaged 200, 224 rushing yards per game. Georgia gives up 81.7. Yeah. So who wins that battle is who Here's wins. Here's what I'll say, game. though. If Michigan can run the ball against this Georgia defense, who, Michigan will win this ball game. And this is a legitimate question. I'm not like, this is not the, the like, who have they faced, you know? like. But literally, I can't remember who the stud running backs in the SEC that um, Georgia had to shut down. Have they played anyone? Because Michigan has that boy that's pretty good at running back, isn't he? Like, he's a pretty talented guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Ha- um, has, so Has Georgia had to shut anyone? I just can't remember who the leading rushers in the SEC were. So, um, Missouri had the had the leading rusher, I believe, in Tyler Beatty. And in that game, let's see what he had. Tyler Beatty carried the ball. Nine times for 41 yards, so 4.6 yards per carry. Um, let's see here. And then uh, Tennessee doesn't have a great running back. Kentucky's a, a good running team. Yeah. And they ran for 51 rushing yards on 27 attempts. So not to discount Kentucky, because I thought Kentucky had a great season. I'm not really going to give a lot of kudos to Missouri. They had their ups and downs, but more downs. Yeah. I'm going to venture a guess that Michigan's going to put up the opportunity for a much better running attack mm-hmm. than yeah. either one of those teams. So whereas I think Georgia's going to have a fantastic run defense, don't get me wrong, I am a little bit intrigued to see how it stands up to what is arguably going to be the best rushing attack they've put up, they've had to go against. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. outside Alabama, of Alabama, obviously. Alabama, but Alabama lost for 115 Alabama. yards. Um, they threw for 421. I was so. going to say, Alabama could also just sit there and run the ball there at the end of the game and chip away at that. Yeah. So, so that's a little bit skewed as well. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on here. Um, hey, Arkansas. Talk for a second. I'm going to be AFK. Just for a second. Yeah, Arkansas, another team that runs the ball a lot, and they put up um, 75 rushing yards on their 29 attempts. So, uh, whoever wins that game in the trenches is who wins this game. Um, I've picked Georgia all season to be my national championship pick. Um, they let me down in the SEC championship game. I had them beating Alabama, but I, you know, I'm going to ride with ride with the team team that got me here. Right? You know, they say dance with the girl that you that you came with. I've ridden Georgia all year. I think they'll get this done. I think they'll set up a rematch with Alabama. And obviously from there, we'll see if they can um, you know, exercise those demons, Kirby Smart, get off the mat, and finally beat Nick Saban. Um, and for whatever reason, he th- doesn't seem to be able to do that. So can he do it on the biggest stage there is? Um, but I think this game will be a lot of fun. Michigan's favored by 7.5. I don't think um, Georgia wins by more than 7. So. Um, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think it'll be a fun game, and I'm excited to watch it. Uh, some other good bowl games of note. Um, we can talk about this one whenever Nick gets back. We have Oregon-Oklahoma on Wednesday night at 9.15. That's such a late late kickoff Eastern time. Yeah, that late kickoff um, is just absolutely murder. Eastern time is the worst for sporting events. Can we, major sporting events. Can we just talk it's about true. that? I, like, you know, it's bowl kickoff late. Uh, the national championship will kick off late. The national championship for basketball kickoff late. It just is awful. I hate it. Um, and I understand that you don't want to start a game at five o'clock for people out on the West Coast, but don't live on the West Coast is my argument for that. Yeah. So I think that game will be a lot of fun, though. Oregon, Oklahoma, if I can stay awake for it. Um, you know, two pretty, pretty good teams that had an up and down year. They're both replacing coaches. We have two interim coaches for this game. Um, you know, both teams are bringing back a lot of talent. Both teams are losing a lot of talent. Kind of who who can put together the best um, the best game plan for this game? Um, currently, Oklahoma is favored by seven. The over under is set at sixty. Yeah, I think that's going to be a really fun game. Bob Stoops is coaching that game for Oklahoma, despite the fact that Brent Venables has been hired. They just said, hey, dude, let's go focus on recruiting. Go focus on bonding with these students. We're going to let Stoops uh, run this Okay, one. I want to I talk about this real quick. Uh, okay. I talked about this with a buddy of mine at work. Mm-hmm. Can you coach? How does that work? Because I've never seen an incident, an instance where the the, the newly hired coach coaches – the bowl game with his new team, right? So, like, I've seen it to where they go back and coach the bowl game with their old team, mm-hmm. or you know, Steve Sarkeesian stayed on and coached in the national championship game. But I've never seen it to where the new coach gets hired and he goes and coaches them in the bowl game. I've never seen that. So, is there a rule against it? Is it just awkward? Like, how does that play to my out? Knowledge, there is no rule against it. My guess is a lot of times, if I'm being hired away from a school that's playing in a bowl game. Odds are they're playing in a somewhat decent bowl game, or even if it's not a somewhat decent bowl game, you can kind of say to the school that's hiring you, let me finish strong, let me finish what I started with this team kind of thing. You know, if they're making the playoffs, if they're making a New Year's Six game, you know, if they're going to play in the Tostitos Outback Garage Bowl, like whatever, you like, 
you might step away before that bowl game happens, especially if you're just a coordinator. Now, if you're a head coach, I don't know if that would change your thing. Yeah. So I don't think there's a rule against it. I just, all, I think that there is, there's little to gain from that. If I step in and I only have one to, let's even say four or five weeks of practice with this team, um, that's operating under a different coach's playbook, his scheme, his mentality, his everything. Yeah. And I come in and I lose that bowl game. Yeah. I've just yeah, started wanna... my whole yeah. and I get all that. thing in your fan base in a really negative way. Why not just... give him the whole summer? Yeah. Spring I get all that. Game? It's just, it's all, it's always interesting to me. Yeah. I think that's why I think it's merely a getting the coach off on the right yeah. foot, letting him yeah. get things in place before he coaches uh, a game yeah. for the first time. I think that's all. Absolutely. I don't think there's more to it than that. Two very even teams, really. Oregon 10 and 3, Oklahoma 10 and 2. Um, Bob Stoops, Oklahoma, by the way, tried not to take a salary for coaching OU in the interim. The okay. university offered twice, he rejected twice, and they just wrote him a check for basically the amount that Lincoln Riley would have made during the time period that Bob Stoops came on to the end of the bowl season, which oh, was kidding. something like, I don't know, $700,000 or something goofy like that. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he's, he's getting paid handsomely from his Fox <laughs> gig and Do you see whatever the, else Oklahoma's paying him. So the interview that he was like, the, it was like the two, second day after the whole Lincoln Riley left thing. And he was, uh, you know, he was doing the Fox thing and, you know, the cohorts there, co-hosts were like talking to him about taking it over. And like, I got the call. I was on the golf course and just yeah. went back and got in the office and like, Oh, you still got an office there. He goes, just the one I built. <laughs> and I don't know if you've yeah. seen, I don't know if you've seen the head coaches, uh, that tour of, of the head coaches office there at OU, but, I have it, but it's pretty amazing. Yeah, It's, it'll be fine. I just, you know, if Oklahoma comes out and blows Oregon out of the water in this bowl game, and Venable struggles. I just wonder. If, nah, if I don't think so. Never come up. Nah. Uh, two, but two very even teams here. Oklahoma averages thirty-eight point four points per game. Oregon thirty-one point four uh, points allowed. Twenty-five point three for Oklahoma. Twenty-five point five for Oregon. So really similar. Uh, over four hundred yards of offense for both teams. Um, OU's given up an average of three hundred eighty-two yards. That is that's a lot. Um, Oregon three seventy. So I think it'll be high scoring. Not a lot of defense in this game. Um, you know, we'll see. I assume Caleb Williams is staying at this point. I haven't, yeah, heard, we haven't heard any different. He's retweeted a lot of things that are pro OU, people talking about OU. So he seems to still be on board there and in favor. Um, has not indicated otherwise. Obviously, OU is going to be down several players in this game who have either transferred out, uh, mm -hmm. and there's well as there's been a couple. I know the same thing is true for Tennessee and I'm sure many other universities, but also guys that are just going to the NFL and are foregoing the Bowl yeah, game. Which, um, which let's talk about that as well um, after this, but we'll finish finish our talk here. Sure. So uh, obviously you're an OU fan. Um, you know, uh, what is Stoops record in bowl games? Do you know, is it good? Well, he's not called big game Bob for no reason, Stephen. I don't think. Okay. We won't talk about mm -hmm. that. Uh, he does fine in bowl games so long as they're not, you know, for national championships or playoffs, I guess. So Bob Stoops is nine and nine in bowl games. There you go. So here, this is one shot to get positive in bowl games. You think he's going to lose That's this right. game with that right. on the line? I think Oklahoma wins this game, but I can't. I don't feel super confident in it. They're a seven point favorite, and that just seems like a lot. 
I don't know what the I don't know what the situation at Oregon is. I've not looked at what's their mentality from the whole coaching search. Who's entering for them? You know, so I don't they're, know. I don't know what they're, they're looking like. Their fans. It's kind of funny. Their fans are a whole lot like Oklahoma fans as far as uh-huh. kicking all the mud they can. At, at sure. Mario Cristobal on the way out. Yeah. Good luck with this offense. You're gonna hate it. I mean, he's been to Rose Bowl after Rose Bowl. Whatever. I know. I, I get it, but. I think I think Oklahoma wins this game, but I, I don't think it is in a glowingly pretty fashion. I think this is a high-scoring game. Last team with the ball wins. Well, um, here's the thing. Um, do you have coaches time, to coach? Or did Lincoln really take them all? Uh, no, we got the loyal guys still there. So we okay. got the ones that we want. Here's oh, the thing. The last yeah. time Oklahoma played Oregon, uh, Oklahoma got screwed over by a terrible call on an onside kick at the end of the game. Like, mm-hmm. literally, OU player comes up with the ball, hands to the ref, and the ref's like, Oregon's ball! Um, so, Seems you fair. know, that's that's going to be on Bob Soup's mind. He's not going to let this game get to the last <laughs> I'm sure that's, that, sure that's... That's on his mind. That has game. kept him up at night for years. I'm uh, sure it OU has. wins by 30. It's uh, no problem. Wow. We got All this. right. Uh, I will take that bet if we'll we take, are... We'll take the under on that one. Yes, I will take... Oklahoma. I will take Oregon plus thirty for okay. sure. Um, sitting out bowl games, something I want to touch on. Sure. What? How do you feel on sitting out bowl games? Do you think it's quitting on your team? Do you think it's disrespectful to the unwritten rules of the game? Where do you stand? It's. I have to reformulate my position in a post NIL world where players oh. can make money. But here's my thought on it going into this year, and it's still my current thought until I reevaluate it, it further. If I'm a college student who has a chance to go to the next level and finally bring home enough money to change my family's life forever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm watching coaches around the country say that loyalty means nothing and jump around pre- and post-bowl games, mm-hmm. I'm not going to fault that student and I'm not going to feel bad if I am that student for sitting out of a bowl game where the only thing I gain is the potential to get an injury. Yeah, so, I mean, you look at, you know, most coaches have a incentive plan laid out where, you know, they make a bowl game, they get X, they win it, they get Y, whatever it might be, and they're pretty... Extravagant bonuses for the most part. I mean, guys uh, are getting paid. Greg Schiano is going to make a hundred thousand dollars for Rutgers appearing in that. Bowl. Yeah, they'll get an extra hundred thousand dollars if they somehow win. Yeah, that bowl game. exactly. And that's at Rutgers, who's not exactly, right. you know, leading the charge for money coming into the you know right. the revenue in the athletic department. So, you know, these big schools are paying out you know pretty pennies for these ball games that the coaches get. And they're still up and leaving, right? I mean, I don't know how much Lincoln Riley would have made for this bowl game, but I imagine it was quite a bit. And whatever he got in his package from USC, as we've seen reported, not confirmed, was probably worth it. Um, But yeah, I I mean, these these are kids that you're playing in a glorified exhibition where you get, you know, two weeks more of practice where you could get injured. And I get you could always get injured, right? I mean, you could walk down the street. Sure. You know, trip, fall, whatever. But, you know, you're going full well, speed in practice. What's my against... probability? What's my probability of having a career-ending injury, yeah. walking to class, and exactly. practicing for extra weeks and playing in that game? Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and flukes happen, right? I mean, you know, you've made the same tackle 
a thousand times and this time it just comes up different or you you know whatever it might be so if i'm a guy that's looking you know staring a third round pick fourth round pick in the face an injury is the difference of me getting drafted or not right yeah sure now trevor lawrence plays in the bowl game he's still going top 10 right he may not go number one but he probably still does last year it doesn't matter if he plays or not and obviously they're playing in playoffs with a chance to win the national championship, and that's different. Sure. And you don't see kids opt out of those most of the time. But these are glorified exhibition games, and like you said, this is life-changing money, right? I mean, forever changes the history of their entire family for generations. And so why risk it and run the risk of getting hurt? I mean, I, I don't know, but I've never seen a coach coach a bowl game get injured and not get another coaching job, right? Yeah. So well, here's there's the really... There's no way that you or I or any person watching that game on that TV loves the game of football more than that student athlete. The blood, sweat, and tears they put into getting there is more than you or I can ever know or realize or truly appreciate. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. they say the right call is for me to go sit out of the Tostitos guacamole bowl, because my advisors, my family and all that is saying, dude, you're going to go top 10, mid first round, second round, even whatever, like you're going to make money. And yeah. And I find it hard to believe that in many cases, a guy's bowl last bowl game performance after four years of playing college football has impacted the draft stock positively. Right. Right. Ever. So why not call it off? Go prepare for the draft combine because that's what's going to matter, right? These guys want to see how you test. Go get ready for that and, and test as well as you can. Get draft as high as you can and make that money that is going to impact you forever. And, you know, and I, I, I guarantee you that, you know, as hard as it is for us whenever your best player or your, you know, one of your best players sits out the bowl game, but you know that has to just rip them apart. But they have to do what's best for them. And so I, I just, I get so tired of the, well, they just don't love football or gone is this or that. Where's the oil teaching university? Yeah. Well, it's gone. And I heard, well, you know, people were saying this today. I don't I like, I don't like these players transferring. Well, your coach can leave at any point. Right. And coaches, schools literally keep coaches on through a signing day and then fire them or then they leave or whatever just to get that signing class. Yeah. They've been doing that for years. This is just a little more leveling of, Hey man, if your coach leaves and you want to go with him or you want to look elsewhere, then you get one free time to do it. And so, sorry, I'm on my soapbox about that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, <clears throat> to my knowledge, we have only ever seen players sit out of bowl games. To my knowledge, nine times out of ten, it's been out of what I would consider to be, like you just said, exhibition, irrelevant bowl games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if... If next year we saw that uh, with three games left, Oklahoma has somehow been ruled out of Big 12. You know, they lost two or three early. There's no way they come in the Big 12. There's no way they're making the playoffs. And you got four games left on your schedule, and Caleb Williams says, hey, sitting out the rest of the year, right? Okay, let's readdress the situation at that point. I have seen that happen. It typically comes with, you know, a guy might be banged up. And right. So he no, just yeah, yeah. chooses no, to shut different. himself down. Yeah, that's right. that's different. I'm just saying, 
if you had guys who are like, oh, okay, this season's kind yeah. of done. And like, we, you're right, we have seen it before, and I have different feelings on that than I do on this. So for sure. what I'm saying is these guys that are sitting out of the irrelevant bowl game so that they can take care of themselves, get themselves yeah. ready for the next level, I'm not going to fault them, not based yeah. on, especially on what we see other people doing. What what could Nick Benito do in this game that's going to change his draft grade? Exactly. And you so. hate to visit, you as a Sooner fan, I want to see him out there. I think he could be yeah. a difference maker in a win or a loss in this game. Absolutely. But you know what? If OU goes out and loses this game because we don't have him in there, I can't Yeah, I can't be mad about that. Right? I yeah. can't be upset. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, um, any other bowl games that interest you? Uh, Ohio State, Utah, and the Urban Meyer Bowl. Urban Meyer has been fired from Jacksonville. I, don't know if, I think we mentioned yeah. that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, um, Ohio there. State, Utah on... Saturday, uh, January 1st. Yeah. Um, eh. Ole Miss-Baylor, I think that'll be an interesting matchup That's to a fun watch. game. Baylor, um, really good defense going up against that high-powered offense for Ole Miss. Yeah, that'll mm-hmm. be fun. Yeah, I think that can be enjoyable. Um, no, other than that, you know, I'll probably try to catch some more. Arkansas-Penn State could be fun. Um, I am not watching Iowa-Kentucky. I'm just not no, going to do it. Don't care. But Notre Dame-Oklahoma State. I mean, first game of eh. the Marcus uh, Freeman era. Yeah. So, Kansas State LSU. Okay, you're the only game on January fourth, right? We go from January first to January fourth. The Texas Bowls played on January fourth for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and you started at nine p.m. Are we are we for real? Yeah. Are we for real? It's got to be a lot of college basketball on, on that day or something. Well, it's Kansas State LSU. I'm not watching it anyways. Yeah, I get you. Um. So. Um. I was gonna make. Oh, I was just gonna mention that I think it's kind of crazy that the uh, Barstool Sports apparently has a bowl game. I think Barstool Sports is yeah the so, worst thing in the world. So Barstool, I like they're, Barstool Sports. They're trash. They're, they're trash. Oh, okay. You don't have to like them. They're trash. Interesting people. note about that is that was only streaming on Barstool Sports, like their app. Good. It was not going to be on TV at all. Um, I don't know who was going to call it, but it was going to happen. Um, so yeah, um, their bowl game was canceled. So you're welcome. They're like the, they're just the worst. Like, you know, like all of their personalities on Twitter, like they just go for the shock value. What can we say to? Get okay, that's just so annoying. Okay, Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith are still employed. Oh, they're they're terrible people too. They get paid millions of dollars by Fox and ESPN, so. But to the best of my knowledge, not that they don't do this behind the scenes, but they've never, like, I don't know, just exploited people as a part of their business model to become more popular. And I feel like Barstool has done that. Um, We didn't talk about this, obviously. Signing day happened. The number one player in the country spurns Florida State and signs Mm -hmm. with Jackson State. Good old. First time... A, the number one or five star has voluntarily signed with a G five school. There have been, yeah. or, or, or sorry, an, F, an FCS school. There have been times where guys didn't make grades or whatever and had to go right. that route. But um, he spurns Florida State. Uh, Florida State fans lost their mind for the yeah. record, Not freaked out and, and uh, blamed, um, you know, blamed Deion Sanders, the coach down there who played at Florida State, burned memorabilia memorabilia for Dion. Just stupid stuff. It'll all be forgiven when they hire Dion as their head coach in three That's years. Exactly what I said. I said, all these people burning their stuff are going to be real mad when he's their coach. Um, 
but that's an interesting move. Uh, is this something? So Jackson State is is a historical um, HBCU, uh, historically black college university. Um, do you see a cha- a changing of the guard here, where where kids might look at going the FCS route and going to these HBCUs? We've seen it once in basketball with a five star kid signing with a basketball school. I think Howard University. Um, and it, it didn't work out for him, um, not because he went to Howard and, and this was forgotten about. He just did not play well at Howard. Um, yeah, but it's, ever- hard, it's hard to say. I can't put myself in the mentality of a black student athlete. And if that has a, uh, a draw to them to maybe uh, to, to make that happen and to make those schools relevant. I could see that. I could see that as a cultural thing that they might want to do. And, uh, and so be it if they do. I do think that what you're going to ultimately see is one of a couple of things. Um, one, they might try it and experiment with it. And if they're not getting the attention that uh, is going to help them further their career, then that's going to stop happening. If you get these five-star talents, these number one overall recruits and in four years they're falling into the third or fourth round of the NFL playoffs because they're just not getting the development at these lesser schools that they could get at a bigger school, then you're going to see that stop happening. Um, I think NIL puts a different perspective on all this. How is that factoring in? I don't know. Rumor is, that's why I brought this up, rumor was been argued back and forth by both sides, but rumor was that Barstool paid this kid Two million dollars to sign with Jackson State. Oh, look, Barstool doing oh. fishy, unethical things. Man, crazy. I mean, well, let's not act like everybody's not doing that right now. Um, I know. I'm just saying, Barstool's the worst. <laughs> anyway, uh, everybody freaked out about it, and um, I forget who it was. Somebody that is good at being wrong all the time, Vulcan or one of those guys, said freaked out and was like. Well, this is going to ruin his career because he's not ever going to get the exposure now that he's going to need. I'm like, dude, it is 2020, almost 2022. Yeah, I'm not worried about his exposure. Twitter, Facebook, yeah. YouTube. I mean, yeah. everybody. And and his coach is flipping Deion Sanders. Yeah. The dude if, is a walking if, interview, walking primetime spot. If the school does well, if he's playing well... His games are going to find their way onto TV. His highlights are going to find their way in front of the right people. I'm not worried about his exposure. I'm worried about, and I say worried about, I mean, I trust the kid did his research and his family did the research. But the thing that I would be concerned about at a uh, non-Power 5 school or something like that is, do they have the development to get me to the next level? Am I going to increase as a player? Because being the number one recruit does not automatically make you a first-round draft pick. Um, you have to develop in the college and the collegiate level. And again, you got Deion Sanders here. Dude knows all kinds of people. So I'm not at all questioning yeah. that. Can he get it done? I'm just saying that would be my concern, that that would be the first question that I need answered. I'm sure he had that same question. So um, we'll see what happens. Um, again, I think Deion Sanders probably gets hired away from that school. If he can prove that he can recruit at that level, some Power Five is going to come offer him a bunch of money. And then what does he do? Maybe he's committed to staying at that smaller school, making kind of a splash there. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's not like the dude needs to go coach for money. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but my guess is if Deion Sanders leaves, that young fella is going to leave as well. And so this will be a move. Well, and that's, that's the other thing is let's not act like this is a true four-year decision at this point. Right. Yeah. He could go there for the shock value for a year, two years. 
maybe he plays four years and dominates and it doesn't matter. Yeah. But he could very easily go down there for a year, play, get all the, the, the exposure he wants. Look at what Quinn Ewers did, right? He couldn't make money at his age in the state of Texas. He goes to Ohio State, plays for a year, gets coached for a year, makes the money he can make that year, skipping his senior year of high school, then comes back to the state of Texas to, to play the rest of his career. We'll see if he works out or not, but we could easily see this where he goes, he gets the shock value, he gets maybe this $2 million paid down by Barstool, maybe not. And then, you know, next year he transfers to Florida State or to Alabama or to wherever, and maybe Dion leaves and takes him with him. So we'll see. Um, Dion's staff is full of guys that uh, have a pretty extensive background. So, you know, I think that he's probably going to get some pretty good coaching down there. He's a corner. Uh, they're going to let him play corner and wide receiver, at least to start with. Obviously, if somebody knows anything about playing corner, Deion Sanders is a guy that you want to talk to. So um, I think it'll work out just fine. Uh, but kind of a shocking, uh, one of the only real shocks. Um, A&M did sign the number one class, which is kind of shocking. But Alabama, Georgia, your typical people are up at the top. So mm-hmm. that was a big, big time move. We'll see how that, if that does anything moving forward. I don't think it's going to change anything necessarily. But it, it, it is an interesting note to bring up. To talk about. Yep, Anything okay. else we need to cover? Now nah, let's jump into our... Okay. Mount Rushmore segment for the episode. It's time to break down our top four of some crazy, weird thing that we're talking about. Tonight, our Mount Rushmore segment is going to be covering... Do we decide on our top yes, four bowl the... game destinations? Yes, the four bowl games that you would choose to go to as a fan. So okay. this is not this is this is independent of who's playing. Sure. So the four games that you as a fan would like to go to, whether it be for um, you know a place you've always wanted to go, right? Maybe you are just in love with the blue turf at, at Boise, Idaho, and you want to go okay. there, okay. or you want to go to Hawaii, or you want to go to the Sugar Bowl or the the Rose Bowl, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just letting you pick whatever you want. Okay. Well, this is a good one. Um... I was looking up some bowls, some that I didn't even um, didn't even know existed. I think maybe some of these have been canceled in recent years because of uh, COVID, or maybe just because uh-huh. these bowl games don't need to exist anymore. But here we go. Okay, <clears throat> so some of these bowls that I would go to if I could go to any just to check out the situation, I would want to go to the Cheez It Bowl. Familiar with the Cheez It? All bowl? the Cheez Its. Yes. Ate all the cheeses down at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. That's right. And so you could go this year and watch Clemson play Iowa State. I could. The Citrus Bowl obviously also played at Camping World Stadium in Orlando. I just tro- tro- chose the Cheez It Bowl because it wasn't the Citrus Bowl. Um, Cheez It's over oranges. I like Yes. It. Here's the thing you're probably going to get a ma- better matchup in the Citrus Bowl. My thing is, I just want to get to Orlando. I want to get the game over with so I can go spend some time, you know, at Disney. And other places yeah. like that. So I'm going there uh, mm-hmm. for that particular reason. <clears throat> uh, right. the, I don't think this game has happened the last two years. It might be over forever now. But I would like to go to the Pinstripe Bowl. Pinstripe okay. Bowl yeah. takes place in Yankee Stadium in the Bronx there in New York. So go visit New York City, get a pick up a game, uh, and then just enjoy the craziness that is New York City in all of its amazing uh, amazingness. Uh, there is, by the way, a Myrtle Beach Bowl. I don't think this would probably be an honorable mention, um, but you know, if you can get out there to the beach anytime you're doing that, 
Uh, it's just a great thing. <clears throat> now, on a more running out my list thing, uh, you know, I would love to go to the Rose Bowl for the tradition of the Rose Bowl. I don't really want to go to California for any other reason than that. So, um, but that's just one of those storied catch the parade, catch all that um, would be great. And then, of course, take me to Hawaii, baby. Put me on that beach, catch like the game, and uh, enjoy the scenery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pitch Trap Bowl will be played Wednesday, December 29th between Virginia Tech and Maryland. Oh, it's happening this year? It is. Yeah, it's still happening okay. in Yankee Stadium in New York. Oh, yeah, Maryland versus Virginia Tech. I see it. Okay. You had some very good ones. What was your third one? I'm sorry, I missed it. I was looking at that Pinstripe Bowl. You were. You were looking at the Pinstripe Bowl. Uh, I said the uh, the Rose Bowl. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good list. Just, um, just for the history of the Rose Bowl. I Yeah, I want to go to the Rose Bowl, granddaddy of them all. Um, don't care if it's necessarily the year that it's the college football uh, playoff or not. <clears throat> Just think that would be really, really cool to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the other ones I would go to, so I'd say Rose Bowl. We'll put that at, at number two, probably number okay. one for me. I'm going in reverse order. Um, I believe would be the Sugar Bowl. I just, okay. you know, it's. It's a historically, it's an it's a um, Big Twelve and SEC matchup, I believe. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Usually, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so chances for either Texas or Tennessee to be there for me. Um, I've never been to New Orleans. I've heard mixed reviews on New Orleans. Sure. But I would like to go to New Orleans once, and so it would be at the top of the list. Rounding out my list, um, I think the Outback Bowl would be cool, uh, and Tampa. I think I'd like to go to Tampa. Campy World would be fun too. Don't get me wrong, but I, I'd like to go to Tampa. And then uh, number four for me would be the um, Hawaii Bowl. Um, Take me to Hawaii. Yeah, exactly. So honorable mentions, though. Um, mm-hmm. Let's go. My favorite bowl game of all time is, and I don't think it's called this in order, but it used to be called the San Diego County Credit Union Poinsettia Bowl. Yeah. Um, it's an awful bowl game. Mm-hmm. It truly is. But it, um, I just loved it. It was super fun. Uh, the Myrtle Beach Bowl was played this year. Tulsa beat Old Dominion. There you go. So. One, um, some other ones I would like to go to. Uh, there is a Bahamas Bowl now. That'd be a good one. So uh, sign me up for a Bahamas Bowl because mm-hmm. you know it's in the Bahamas and that sounds fun. Um, let's see. Uh, if you don't make it to the Cheez It Bowl, the Cure Bowl is also played. At also Campbell played State. there. Yep, saw that. Lots of fun ones. Pinstripe Bowl is cool. I like the idea of going to Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, any mm-hmm. other ones of note? Would you want to go to Frisco, Texas? I wouldn't, you know, first, I mean, here's the thing. If you're in Frisco, you're pretty much close to Dallas and everything else. But I would say the Cotton Bowl, but I want the the real Cotton Bowl, not Jerry yeah. World's Cotton Bowl. And I've been yeah. to the actual Cotton Bowl during the Texas State Fair Red River Rivalry, and that would probably be the best way to view it because you get the Texas fits. Yeah. There. But that's not an actual bowl game. But yeah, the, uh, I guess taking in Jerry World would be fine. That'd be a fun bowl game to go to. Well, I think to next Dallas. week. I think next week we'll rank the four that we don't want to go to. Okay. Um, Tone of the Tiger Bowl. It's great, right? It's Gotta great. Be. Yeah. Uh, I was going to start naming some bad ones. Uh, the Boca Raton Bowl, though. Boca Raton, Florida. Yep. Can't beat that. So next beat. week, yeah, we'll rank the worst ones here. Because there's some that I, you just, I really, I mean, you could pay me to go to it. Don't get me wrong. I love college football. But between but you the probably don't options go to, for uh, Boise, between Idaho. the between the yeah, between the options of teams in it plus where it is, like eh. the Lending Tree Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, right. So anyway, that's that. That's right. that's our bowl games. A lot of exciting bowl games coming up. We know that um, you know, not all of them are going to be 
the world's favorite game to match up with, but the great thing about there being so many bowl games is that there's one last chance for a lot of people to see their team play. So if your team still has a game to go this week, enjoy it. Enjoy the little bit of remaining college football that there is left. One of the things that I like doing, Stephen, is not watching a lot of bowl games right now because I still have like a good football fix from the season. And then yeah. once we hit like February, I just like start finding all these bowl games on YouTube and watching them. And it's just like I get a little bit of a football kick and fix right there. So, um, but yeah, enjoy these last couple of, uh, we got just what, a couple more weeks of college football. And then yeah. we're going to be in a bit of a slump again. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, hate to hear it, but that is what it is. And it's baseball season. Then it's time for us to put the podcast on pause until next year. Yeah, well, something like that. Anyway. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, Steve, you got anything else for us? Uh, happy New Year. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, yes. Merry late Christmas, but uh, Happy New mm-hmm. Year. Be safe and enjoy your time. Um, whatever you do on New Year's, um, just be smart, be safe, and yep. uh, enjoy your, your ringing in of 2022. There we go. To a new year, to a new variant. <laughs> This has been episode 63 of the Sports Corner Podcast. We went bowling today. I hope it was a strike. Oh, maybe a strike. Okay. Hope you find us on your favorite podcast app. Rate us five stars on iTunes reviews, and we'll read it online. Until next time, I'm Nick. That's Steven. This has been the Sports Corner Podcast. We'll see you next time. Let's get a bowl game in Europe next year.